Hey awesome nerds and welcome to another episode of D&D and TV, the weekly podcast where we rewatch or recap television shows we really enjoy and talk about how the themes, concept and characters could be used in different role playing games. I am your host Jeremy and joining me um, looking at a cat suit but very very angrily it is Elise. <laughs> hello, hello. Um, I don't know whether do I want to be looking at a cat suit angrily or would I actually be looking at it Maybe, I don't know, maybe like it's kind of cool. I mean, it depends. Are you wearing it already? Or is like you looking in the mirror at the catsuit angrily? <laughs> or are you just looking at it like... No, look, actually, hang on. <laughs> if this is for something for me to wear, then I'm definitely looking at it angrily. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Because the catsuit yeah. while adorable yeah. and not something I'd want to fit into. It's... No, no. I just realized catsuits, Tim Burton... Batman Returns having to like actually sew Michelle Pfeiffer into the cat suit to be Catwoman. Oh, did it's they? Like he's, wow, he's I did not know that. Yeah, it was too tight. They couldn't actually take it off her, so they had to make it each time because they had to cut it off each time. That's ridiculous. Yep, yep. Like how is that? how is that not more work than just remaking it slightly bigger or with more stretch? Apparently, it. it I think it's part of the design as well because it's meant to look stitched together. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, no. And that's why Annette Benning was not Catwoman. Okay. Was she originally meant to be? She was originally meant to be, but um, she was also pregnant and could not, was not going to be wearing that cat suit while she was pregnant. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Feels. <laughs> yeah. So why, why would you want to? And then do all these flips and stuff and whip cracks and all the other yeah. stuff that was going on. In and that, and that possibly, movie. yeah, and also possibly have to be in it for hours. And yeah not be able to go to the toilet without causing, you know, massive inconvenience to everyone. Yeah. Mm. So that's Batman Returns on D&D and TV. <laughs> uh, we are not actually talking about uh, Batman Returns. We are talking about episode two of Wednesday, uh, Netflix's uh, special thing. Uh, we're talking about episode two, which is Woe is the Loneliest Number, in which the sheriff questions Wednesday about the night's strange happenings. Later, Wednesday faces off against a fierce rival in the cutthroat Poe Cup race. Which... Sure. Yeah. That was good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I was saying off air that this is basically Tim Burton does Harry Potter. And yeah, <laughs> that's pretty spot on. Yeah, I agree. In my opinion. Yeah. It- it's-, <laughs> it's introducing the school to everyone. Like we get to see more about what is yeah. the Academy about. Yeah. I feel like it almost kind of dials back the the tension a bit maybe um and it almost becomes more of like a like an investigation episode yeah but i think Uh, they they wanted to do okay we've had the big shock of a murder in the first episode mm, a couple of murders in the first mm -hmm. episode and now we've got the second episode and we want to make people realize okay that's not going to be every week We've got eight episodes mm. to get through and we've got to have Wednesday intrigued and we're not going to be knocking off characters like we're Game of Thrones. We're just going to have this <laughs> slow burn of revealing information and mm. and things like that. And I I really like that. And also kind of that idea that life goes on, that this is going to take time because the first yes. episode yeah. to me felt like it was like two days. Like it was a span of two days. It's like Wednesday showed up. She met her roommate, something happened, and there was like three days, and then there was a festival, and there was a murder. But that apparently was an entire week in her life. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it did feel it did feel more intense and concentrated than than that. I agree. Mm. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're right in that life does go on as in, you know, not everything just stops because you've had a shocking moment in your because, life. Because you've had trauma. Um Yeah, yeah. Things everything carries on, everyone keeps living their lives and other things happen in the you know, in the same span of time and mm. yeah, you can't exactly sort of just stop and, and process, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, which is a shame. But it, it also kind of starts yeah. off with that um it, like, it kicks off almost directly after the events of the last episode. Mm. Like, I'm trying to remember, cause the last shot of the last episode was Wednesday, like, looking at the camera when her parents called, right? Um, Was it? Oh, yeah, because she was like, um, was she sort of saying that she was actually liking yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, she was. And it seems like there seems to be a scene that wasn't actually shown in that because it seems like there was something mm. that happened after Rowan was killed yeah. and had to go and get Bianca and there was all this stuff that happened off screen. And I kind of mm. like that. It's like coming back after a session, you're like, okay, you've traveled on through the roads and now you're at this other city. It's like, yeah, you fought some bandits, but we don't really need to do that because you guys easily wiped them out sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's like we don't need to see Bianca mm. actually like meet Wednesday and go and get someone. It's like we we can assume that it happens. I mean, like I guess we don't need to, but I still feel like I would have liked it because I do feel like mm. I I when the episode opened, I was a bit like, oh, oh wait, oh, <laughs> you know, what's um, going on? Why? What stuff's different? I don't. Well, I mean, yeah, not necessarily what's going on, I guess, because I guess you're right, we can just assume, but I don't know. I, I'd, like, I'd like to see everything. <laughs> I, anytime Bianca gets more screen time is a good thing. Yeah, true. Um, but it does start off with with um, the sheriff kind of like hunting through the mm. woods for Rowan mm-hmm. um, and then shows up and is like, no, nope, there's nobody. Rowan is not mm. there. He's not dead. There was no monster attack. Let's gaslight Wednesday for a while. <laughs> um, Weems in particular is gaslighting her. Uh, just like, no, no, no. He's just probably just run off or he's just something. And I didn't notice this the first time. It's kind of revealed by the end of the episode because we are a spoiler-free podcast. Um, <laughs> Weems leaves the room so Wednesday and the sheriff can talk privately. And that's when Rowan shows up at the door. And they were like, look, Rowan's alive. And mm-hmm. it's... Yeah, Wednesday's like, shot. Yeah. And by the episode, end of the episode, we'll reveal that um, that Weems is a shapeshifter and is taking Rowan's form. But it's just this... Such a slight thing that you wouldn't even suspect it. Like, at this point, there's no indication that, you know, anyone can shapeshift at all. But also, why would you assume that just because Weems is out of the room? Like, I actually, first watching, I thought she was with him when he comes in. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, it's almost as if she'd gone out to get him. Yeah, or she'd gone out and run into mm. him. And mm, like, gone, mm-hmm. hey, we got to, but it's not. It's the um, the sheriff's deputy who comes in. 
and yeah. says, hey, you've got to yeah. see this. And then they look around and it's Rowan. It's clearly that Weems just walked out and went, i got to deal with this. Bam, I'm Rowan now. <laughs> and just, hey, look, I'm here, everyone. Just stop yeah, investigating. Yeah. Everything's yeah. fine. Um, yeah, Wednesday's, Wednesday's like, what the actual hell, though? Yeah. Yeah, she's freaking out and then jumps to, to the therapy session. And again, that Valerie, Valerie Kinbert, I learned because I was checking because I forgot her name last episode. Um, but Ricky Lindholm is gaslighting her as well. She's like, why did you make this up Wednesday? Why did this happen? Well, I mean, hang on. Like, I don't know if you can necessarily say gaslighting because she's only operating with the information she's given, right? She's been told yeah. by two, I guess, adult and... Um, professional, uh, you know, whatever people in the town, um, that Rowan is alive. They've seen yes. him walking around talking. So I well, don't know, like, I, I what's think... she going to say? They're lying. Like, No, I don't think it's saying they're lying. It's, it's, but she's for, she's pushing Wednesday to say you made this up rather than why do you think this happened? Right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like I can see that you believe this happened. Yeah. Why? Let's delve into it instead of just like, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. And okay. I think, All right, I'll I think that's, a bit. <laughs> I think that's very intentional because we're meant to see, like, there's a campaign against Wednesday that Wednesday is now out to destroy. Yeah. But I like that that, that little touch of some everyone is against you and everyone is trying to push mm. back at you. That's something you do to characters in an RPG. It's d- directly creating antagonism, creating opposition for them. Because if mm. Valerie was on her side, then she wouldn't be have to t- be able to turn to anyone else. Yeah. Um, because yeah, immediately... that's true. I'm... Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say that I, I can't remember specific examples, but I do feel like surely that's happened to us in our D&D campaigns where we've, e- we've either seen something or believed something and we're trying to tell people about it and they're... Mm they just think we're crazy or, you know, we're just lying. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and it can become frustrating to to try to convince people, um, no, we're the good guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hang on, you've got to listen to us because we're the good guys. We're trying to tell you what's going on. Um, that campaign yeah. of rep- reputation where it's like because I've said – and you do, it's kind of adding into more adventures because – to convince this person that you're a good person, you need to go and do some sort of quest for them. And then they'll actually listen to you and mm. maybe get on side or maybe not, or maybe say, well, you go on a quest and find the proof. Yeah. So that's a, it's a really, I mean, it sucks in the, in the, um, what do you call it, in the moment. And I feel in this situation, you do kind of have to warn a lot of players about gaslighting because if somebody was doing that to me at the table, I would be furious I yes. Do you mean like if, if another player was doing it to you? Oh, not another player. I think if it was the the game master, if it was a game master doing it to me, I would be like, okay, this is probably just the the game. This is probably just the NPCs yeah. doing it. Yeah, you'd but, be furious at the NPCs, right? Yeah, I'd be furious at the NPCs, but it'd all be something that I really wouldn't enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Like that would actually detract from my my enjoyment mm. at the table. Was yeah. that just something that oh frustrates me so immensely? Yeah, uh, but if it was another player, I would actually just step outside and go, "Hey, look, what are you doing here?" Yes. Yeah. Do do you as a person know what's going on? Because I, I'm getting frustrated. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So that's always a kind of a, oh, a trigger warning to have, and it's good to have safety tools. 
Um, and it's also good to have allies because after she leaves uh, the therapist, she runs into Tyler who's like, I believe you. And that's kind of that moment where it's like, okay, well now she's got an ally. Now she's got someone yeah. to be interested, like to, yeah, to work with. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point that, you know, if he's the only one that believes in her, then of course she's going to feel close to him. Yeah. And I think she, because she sees Enid almost directly after that. And Enid sort of believes her. But yes, it, it's like, I believe you saw what you saw, but also Ronan's over there. So I don't know what to believe. Yeah, I like actually this interaction with Enid because I love this interaction with. Enid. I feel like it's, <laughs> I feel like it's it's a it's quite realistic, and it's also it also shows I think what a good friend Enid is, mm. um, and just how well she's adjusted to I guess knowing how to communicate with Wednesday. Yeah. Um, you know, and so without dismissing her or making her feel stupid or like she's making things up, you know, she's able to convey that. I get that that's what you saw. Like Rowan's over there. So, you know, you can see how from our perspective, it's a bit hard to, to work out what's going on, but like, mm. let's try and get to the bottom of it kind of thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's really, it's a great interaction. It is. And I think it also works, it works a little bit more from Enid's case. Like we don't get that. This is just how she interacts with, with Wednesday because it is the Poe cup preparation and mm. Enid's delivery of, um, of why it's so important to her. It's like there's an entire reason for living right now. <laughs> yes. And yes, she can be quite dramatic. <laughs> I, I love her. I love her. She's just a pure cinnamon roll. Um, yeah. That's kind of why she responds to Wednesday like this. Like, yes, you've got your own drama. This is my drama right now. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to agree with everything you're saying in case it helps with mine. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't like I that don't, read. I don't think that's the read. I think it's more like, okay, yes, I'm going to be a lot less um, critical of your of your stuff because I'm focused on something else. Yeah, I oh, see. I looked at it as just more, more. I guess like, okay, cool. I see what you're saying. You know, you can see how it's hard for us to believe. You know, yep, that's a it is a bit of a situation. But look, this is what I've got going on. Like, so I don't feel like it's it's like. I don't feel like it's I'm choosing to be less critical just to try and win your favor or like, I feel like yeah. it's like she, like she's just preoccupied, but she's still not preoccupied enough to, I still think show that she cares and show that, you know, that's true. Um, she's not, yeah. she's not an asshole like some other people. Um, that's, I think that's but true. I mean, yeah. I mean, who knows to be honest, I guess everyone reads scene, you know, differently. Yeah. I think it's to show that while Enid's not on her side, she's not an antagonist either. Yeah. She's not against her. Yeah. It's like this isn't going to be. I have to sneak around the roommate. It's like this is someone whose information I can I can go to, or someone I can go to for help occasionally mm. when she's not mm-hmm. busy. And she, mm. the intensity that she has about this poke up is wonderful. Mm. Like she just so <laughs> furiously wants to beat Bianca, and it's like that's it. That's all she wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like as well that it's like it's so contrasted to Wednesday, who just doesn't seem to care about anything. Mm. You know, so it just makes it look even more dramatic and over the top and yeah you know it'd be almost splash of color and splash of emotion yeah yeah like it's almost like if you you know you roll into town in D &D and like they've got something going on and everyone's like losing their mind over like oh my god we're gonna do this and and like literally all all of us players and our characters were like what yeah it's like it's a cabbage festival that's a big deal here yeah yeah 
It's like, look, and we've got the giant cabbage and you can be voted queen of the cabbage. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> what the <laughs> yeah. hell is this thing? Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, there's um, like monsters in the woods. Like we're trying to kill <laughs> monsters. That's yeah. that's what we're doing here. Yeah. But I like it. Like, I feel like it's a good way to sort of set, um, you know, make I guess make your town feel real, um, you know, and it almost feels like you want to, it helps, I guess it helps, well, for me, it would help me sort of connect with the town and, and want to help them because they clearly have their own feelings and beliefs and, you know, as ridiculous as they are. <laughs> yeah, they've got traditions. Yeah. I think everyone's got, like, every town has, like, a weird tradition like that. Hmm. Particularly small ones. And a, for a private school, it makes perfect sense that they have some sort of weird inter-dorm rivalry yeah. Oh, regard. for sure. Yeah. Ten points for Gryffindor. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's in my notes somewhere. <laughs> that's right. At the end, it's like, everyone, Gryffindor wins. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she gets some gossip about Rowan, finds out that he was, he was Xavier's roommate. So there's another little link. Um, mm. And there's also a reveal that Weems knows about Wednesday's visions, which again, we haven't mm. touched on yet. Uh, they become much a big bigger plot point, don't they? Yeah, well, I think we'll touch them them later once they're really like more explained in depth. But yeah, at a... the moment they're just kind of these. I feel like they're these random occurrences that you're yeah. like, wait, what? And then and then oh, we're moving on. <laughs> yeah, she's like, why did you follow into the woods? You had a vision, didn't you? Your mother had visions too, and of course that's immediate. Like, no, 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 we're not talking about Morticia right now. <laughs> yeah, Morticia's such a presence in this. Without like only having a few minutes of screen time. But she's always kind of there. Mm, yeah. Like, I mean, I there's think... definite issues with Wednesday and her, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's why. It's like you need to have that spectre of, mm. of the parent around without actually having them around and kind of this constant reference to it. That's a, a great way. It's, again, that world-building element of just... You just mention someone casually often enough and you just kind of feel yeah. like you know them even if they're not, like, they're not actually on screen. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so we also see Wednesday trying to join a few different clubs. Um, what was it? The pitch slaps where the sirens have their acapella group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh love it. Um, uh, oh, so weird. <laughs> I don't know why. It just, the idea of sirens having, like, it makes perfect sense, but it's also like, is that cheating? But of course well, they mean- have an acapella group. It's like, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I suppose you can't really stop them, right? Yeah. The moment where we see them practicing and the way that, like, yes, those look like drama kids. <laughs> I know. I know. Which is funny because you sort of, I wouldn't, you know, if you were like, what what high school group would, you know, would the mythical sirens fall into? I feel like I would not say dra- the drama, you know, the drama nerds. <laughs> where, where would you put them? Because we saw I this last them? episode, like they had all their little clicks. I think the the way I feel like I put them as, as oh no, I feel like I would th- just I feel like just offhand, not even specifically to Wednesday, just hmm. in general. If we were talking about different sort of creatures, and imagine if they were all at high school together, I feel like I would go sirens are the jocks, okay? Because I feel like they would be really um, what's the word? Athletic. Like aloof. Oh, oh yeah. athletic, yes, but also like aloof and elitist and, you know, we're better than everyone and so we should have our own Letterman jackets. And <laughs> I mean, let it, 
we went and let them in Jackson. So, but wouldn't that then make them like the popular kids, like just the super popular rich kids? I mean, are they their own group? Yeah, like the what is it in Mean Girls, the plastics, where it's like these are the people that you try to emulate because they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, I feel like I would maybe put vampires as that. See, I'd put vampires as the drama kids normally. Oh no way! Because they're yeah. super goth and like I'm tortured and emotional. Dude, they don't want to be in the spotlight. <laughs> but oh, then they can seduce people and be. They can seduce people and say, "Look, I'm come to my room afterwards, and and I'll drink your blood." <laughs> I mean, sure, sure. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess it's tricky because, like, werewolves. Like, I guess they would also be sporty, but I feel like they would be more like the class clowns, like the the dropouts. See, yeah, I think I think you're right on that one. Because to me, they're always the, um, they're the jocks. Like they're the, the athletic ones. They're the ones that are all about physicality. But mm. I think you can make them be just the dumb puppies as well. Yeah, that's what I'm more, that's what I'm more thinking that they're like just, you know, just dumb, yeah, dumb doofuses. Um, I think this is really interesting because I think you could change them up depending on what you want to tell. Because you were right um, last week, the the Gorgons are referred to as the stoners or just stoners. Yes, yes. And <laughs> they could, like in this, they're obviously the, the stoners. As yes, well. yeah. But you could also make them the plastics and the, the aloof. You can't even look at it. Yeah, without, yeah, without that's hurting. true. Yeah, that's true. Literally, yeah. So I like that yeah, they that just kind cool. of changed it up. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, that's the the clicks <laughs> that we wanted to talk about. Uh, she talks to Bianca. She talks to Xavier. She finds a little bit more about Rowan, and then she discovers beekeeping. <laughs> yeah. Um, which also. Oh, includes... can I just also quickly yeah, yeah. touch on the fact that she absolutely kills it at archery, which is what Xavier was doing. Oh, of um, course. And it's just like I hold archery very dear to my heart, and I was just mm. like, "Yep, love it." Mm-hmm. I like that he's trying to explain, like, you hold the feathers like this, like, very oh. simple archery techniques. Oh. Like he's, I feel he's not mansplaining. He's just saying, I don't know what your skill level is, so let's just say the basic stuff. Like, he's not correcting mm. her technique. He's just I mean, I showing suppose. what to do. But still. But it does come off as mansplaining. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Once she shows him her skills, it's like, yeah, she knows archery. Yeah, yeah, way more than him. And again, I like that both the archery and the acapella group were shown that she doesn't need these clubs because she's not too good for them, but she's better than them. Mm, mm-hmm. Like she's yeah, they're not really ach- gonna they're not gonna teach her anything. Yeah, she's already kind of achieved what she'd need to achieve in those things. Mm-hmm. Mm. And kind of the element that we're trying to well, what you go to a social club for is not the achievement; it's the social aspect. Yeah, which she's not really interested in either. (laughs) She's really not good at that. So that's kind of why she ends up in beekeeping, which of course, like there's a whole bunch of beekeeping stuff. But the important thing is introducing Eugene because Eugene will be another friend to Wednesday. Yes. I I like Eugene. I like Eugene, but Mm. I'm also a bit bit just like, meh. (laughs) Yeah. 
He's, um, I feel that they designed him specifically like you will pity him and you'll want to be his fr- or for Wednesday to be his friend. Yeah. Yeah, he's all, he's like the token, you know, like the I token mean, nerd. younger brother, which, yeah. you know, she already has one, but um, yeah, he's just the token, you know, dorky young boy, I suppose, um, that, yeah, you just kind of feel sorry for and you want to help. Um, yeah. I but feel... he's also not that endearing. <laughs> no. Like, I, I did find him a little annoying, um, but I don't I know whether that's, like, the Wednesday coming out. <laughs> I think that's intentional. I think you're meant to see, again, like that dorky little brother that you mentioned. Like, yeah, you're I meant suppose, to be like, yeah. oh, this guy again, but also yeah. not enough that you really hate him. Mm. And I think in a different series, like if they were just making The Adams Family rather than Wednesday, this character would be just Pugsley. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Like, it wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be a new character that they've created. They just put Pugsley into the role. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine. But there's a whole bunch of, of um, what do you call, um, exposition about it. <laughs> uh, but, when, but Thing shows up. Yay, hooray. Love Thing. <laughs> uh, and has to go, um, basically says that, that Rowan's leaving. Which look, all right, cool, that makes sense. He probably got expelled for murder. I don't know. I'm not sure what's happened, why he got expelled. Yeah, because, like, who did he murder? Well, he didn't murder, but he's like, I, he's been expelled. It's like, well, but what did he do, though? Like, Yeah, or maybe because he attacked Wednesday? Although they, if they didn't they're claiming that body, didn't happen. Bel- yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he disappeared and they're like, well, you can't go off campus without rule, without things, without permission. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Uh, so anyway, as Thornhill drives him away, thing follows, and at the train station, um, Rowan goes into a toilet and comes out as a different person, and then turns into Weems, and now it's revealed that she's a shapeshifter. Yeah, and I must admit, I was very slow on the uptake here, because yeah. um, he comes out and he's a different person, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I was just so lost, and I was just like, I don't understand. And then I'm not going to lie, even when that person then turned into Weems, I was still like, Wait, what? <laughs> and it did take me a little bit longer than probably most people. Um, but I did get there and that uh, that she was in fact a shapeshifter. Um, I... And things started to fall into place. I mean, it could have just been illusions. I want to talk about shapeshifters in role playing games, specifically D anD D. It's like we haven't really Please come don't. across we haven't come across them in our games. Um, but how do you feel about? Wait, how would you haven't feel? we? I don't think so. Okay. Oh no, sorry. We have we have come across one, but that was someone that was a creature that could turn into different shapes. Like it had an illusion that it could put up. Okay. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the the, the Rakshasa with his his paws. Um, <laughs> but that was like I've got a fa- I've got my natural form, and then I've got a facade that I have as well. Yeah, right. Do in daily life. Whereas this is like she can just change into anyone she wants. And I was wondering about, because changelings are a big part of the Eberron setting. And that kind of changes everything because as soon as you give players an opportunity to disguise themselves and look like a bad guy, they take it. Mm. Like immediately they take it. And I was wondering, how would you feel that if someone that you're, the NPC that you're interacting with turns up being just a complete monster, which we've done, or... um 
ends up being not that person. And it's like, it's maybe every NPC you talk to is the same person just running around and putting on different hats. <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty cool if, if, um, if that was able to happen and the stories all sort of connected. That, I would be very impressed. Um, yeah. You know, and I would be able to appreciate it for its um, masterfulness, I suppose. <laughs> um, but no, I feel like, I mean, it's kind of similar in that we had this one campaign where... Um, there was an NPC um, who I was playing a male character and the NPC was female and we there was a little bit of um, uh, my character had a bit of a soft spot for her mm-hmm. uh, for the mm-hmm. NPC and um, you know to be honest as a player I trusted this NPC oh, I, yes. I know you know <laughs> you know who I'm talking about and one of our other players was suspicious of the NPC from the start mm. and kept saying, you know, no, we can't trust her. She's going to screw us over. And as a player and as a character, I was like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> We've got a thing. Um, you know, and anyway, long story short, the NPC betrayed us uh, and had been playing me and us all along. Uh, and I was so, so betrayed. Like, mm. I just, it really hit me that... I just, I was just literally a fool. Um, so that being said, it. I like it. Like I love it. I love that you can, you know, that the, the DM or the GM can and re- can wring such emotions from us as players. Um, you know, so I feel like I feel like I like those sort of twists um, when they happen. Hmm. Um, but and yeah, I, think, I felt I felt so betrayed. I think shapeshifters are kind of built for always having that twist. Mm, mm-hmm. And. I think that's part of the reason why I dislike them in my games. Okay. Because if it's a player doing it, feels like an easy cop out for doing stuff. Um, like if I'm running a game and a player is doing being a shapeshifter, it's like okay, cool. I just change into this person now. I can do whatever I want as them, and there's no mm. no consequences for me. Yeah. And when I'm a player, it always feels like a betrayal when it comes out that they're a shapeshifter. Yeah. It, I mean, it, I guess it depends on the rules and the mechanics behind a shapeshifter, right? Like, I don't yeah. actually know what they are at all. Like, are there, are there, um, um, what's the word? Like, limitations, you know? Like, is there a time limit on it? You know, yeah. are they perfectly disguised as that character? Do they sound like that character? And, you know, all that sort of stuff. Does it also change your clothes? Or do you have to go find clothes that suit the character? Like, I guess it depends on those sort of rules behind it. Um, but yeah, if there's no, like, if it isn't a time, if there's no limitations like that, then it does, letting a player do that does seem kind mm. of shit. Um, because See, when, literally it's like no rules. When it's magical, it's usually like, it's got those set rules of you can only do it for this long. It only does yeah. this. It doesn't do your voice, all that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, when it's just an innate ability, like they can do it four times a day or something it usually is a lot more powerful. And it's like, yeah, I just change into whatever I want to look like. And sometimes it's like, well, you change, clothes don't change as well. It's like, yeah, but that's not really a problem if I'm trying to infiltrate somewhere. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm trying to think of, there's a number of times where in comics in particular, I'm thinking of a, um, a, a She-Hulk run where who's the people that serve the subpoenas in court? Um, Bale oh Monsman? my god! I... I can't remember. Anyway, someone who has to maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, someone who does that, and they're a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. And it's a regular thing because they can get in anywhere. They just kind of look yeah. like whoever they need to, and then serve the papers and then transform to their normal form. 
Yeah. And as soon as the shapeshifter shows up, like as soon as I know there's a shapeshifter, I don't trust any of the characters because like they could be the shapeshifter. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, like you were saying, it's like Tori never really trusted that character because mm. she had that meta knowledge of, of our DM's voices <laughs> and just never trusts any of his characters. Um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of that feeling. That it's like as soon as I know this could be a, could be someone that's not who they say they are. Why would I trust them? Why would I trust yeah. anyone we talk to? Yeah, I know, which I don't like. I like hmm. I tend to be a I don't know an optimistic and a see the best side of people kind of thing. So I don't want to sort of live. I don't want to play a game where I just don't trust bloody anyone new with me. Hmm. Yeah, I think if you want to have an element of paranoia, which I think Wednesday's trying to have here. Like you're, you're supposed to question everything now uh-huh. um, because that's kind of what Wednesday's doing. You want to have that reveal and that betrayal. But I think unless the game you're running uh, for an RPG is about the paranoia and the fear, you don't want to have that element. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I remember there was an episode of Sagas of Sundry back when Critical Role was on Geek and Sundry that they did an episode of Dread. And okay. there was a moment where one of the characters came across a like a version of another player, like sitting on the edge of a hole or something, and then they just jumped in. But it was very much about the game master describing that they saw that. It wasn't the play like it was very clear, this is not your friend. This is some other being wearing your friend's skin or wearing their face to to freak you out. Ah, oh, okay. Like it wasn't there was no doubt that this was an, the NPC or something. It's like very clearly picking a player. And that's a good way to do it as well. That if you want to say, hey, look, changelings and shapeshifters are a thing, make them look like one of the players because the players are very aware. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And that's my rant on shapeshifters. <laughs> uh, so continuing the episode quickly, there's the herbology section where she goes to class with um with thornhill and has mm-hmm. like a weird flirting thing with bianca um, <laughs> over over plants uh-huh. yeah i just this is a very oddly specific and appropriate plant for them to talk about <laughs> yeah like, i liked yeah. it i liked it as well and but when xavier is like are we still talking about plants like that was exactly what i was thinking yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, because it's a carnivorous plant, right? It eats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it eats. Oh, it probably eats bugs, like most of them do. Mm. Uh, I'm trying. But to yeah, no, I think Xavier was definitely being being um, us as the audience then. Yeah. Um. So I, I will. There's not too much left in the episode. Um, I mean, there's a couple of, of big moments and parts that I really like. Uh, so yeah. there's that moment where the sheriff's going out tracking again and Tyler's all like, oh, what are you doing? Why can't you go out with the dog and search for dead people and not talk to me about mom? <laughs> That's a great description. God. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, I like to be it. honest, hmm. the da- the sheriff dad is painted as a a total, like, emotionless, asshole basically yeah he's, um, he's someone who focuses on work to the exclusion of all else yeah when his son clearly needs him 
Um, but like, it's just kind of like also, uh, if there has been a murder, then he like, what, what do you want? Like, he has to like yeah. what a stupid thing to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, but he he, it's like you do that during your day job. It's like you could get your other people to do that. You didn't have to go out with your own dog. Well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there's that. But I like that it's just, there's a divide and there's like a history and clearly the mother's important. So it's, yeah. it's a nice touch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dropping some breadcrumbs. And then we have that moment, which is just wonderful, where Wednesday goes to Enid to help, for help, who says no. It's like, yeah. no, because things mad at you. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love, really the, I love the Enid and Thing relationship. Yeah, I know. So it's, cute. it's awesome. Oh, and she says, and I also when, like that. Yeah. I, I like that she, you know, she almost calls Wednesday on like, why should I help you? Hmm. You know, um, you know, you sort of mean to everyone, including your one friend slash hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's I like I like it. It's a great interaction. And I think there's also a moment in that scene where she asks Wednesday like she's like, What will you do for me? And will you join the Poe Cup team? And it's like, No, I'm I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that at all. Yeah. And it's like that moment of, well, you could have done this, but here's another option as well. Mm. Like I, I Wednesday's not there yet, but there's also a little moment when she responds, it's like yeah, I'm not at that level just yet. You can... Um, yeah. Yeah. But good good attempt to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, good try, maybe another time. Yeah. But probably not. <laughs> I, I found her apology lacking. It's like, when they uh, trying to apologise is a weird concept. Yeah, it was... Yeah, it was... I mean, it was like a non-apology, right? It was. It's like, what's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Thing draws out all her concerns. And then we get to see Enid in a bee costume. <laughs> I mean, Enid in any kind of costume would be pretty cute. That's true. And just, she constantly has her hands up in front of her chest, like like she's clutching at the, the mask, but also <laughs> yeah. like a puppy that's worried about something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what she kind of is, right? Yeah. Until she transforms, she's kind of like a little a little puppy werewolf. Yeah. Uh, and there's that, like, Eugene's just happy to spend time with girls. That's the most girls he's ever had in the, in the bee hut. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a Cleopatra reference, like that Cleopatra bathed in honey. This is the most girls I've ever had in the shed, other than bees. Shocking. I've always had a thing for werewolf chicks. The chance that Enid ever becomes romantically interested in you is less than 1%. So I've still got a shot? Yes. In ancient times, honey was used to treat wounds and in sacrificial burial rites. Cleopatra was rumored to bathe in honey, gave her skin a luminous glow. You ever taken a honey bath? I just don't want to get stung. The key is to remain calm. Bees detect fear, but you don't need to worry, because I have a very big smoker, and I handle it like a pro. Would you like to see it? Oh, I do not remember that. Hmm. Um, that's not the, the knowledge that I have about Cleopatra and bees, but okay. Um, I don't think I have any knowledge about Cleopatra and bees. Cleopatra. Am I, am I, 
Cleopatra had a canister full of bees that she used as a vibrator. Wow. Yeah. How do we know this? I'm guessing How does writings, the world know this? Like there was like archaeological finds or like things they found this this canister and like it's got written on it for bees. Hmm. Okay. You know what? I never actually tested the source on that one. I just accepted that it was probably true. <laughs> okay. I feel like I want to delve deeper into this, but um, yeah. maybe maybe another time. Yeah, but there's there's constant sexual innuendo in this. Like he's got, I've, Eugene's like, I've got a very big smoker. That I yes, know how to use yeah. it. I'm like, Eugene, dude, just have some chill. <laughs> like, I know it's kind of funny though. Oh, it's it's cute. Uh, so Wednesday and Tyler in the woods. Um, they find his glasses, um, and she gets another vision and finds out that Rowan and Xavier argued and there's a book that the page was from mm, that she's been, mm-hmm. been obsessing over. Uh, so she goes to the library and doesn't find anything, but apparently Thornhill's the librarian as well as the herbology teacher. <laughs> of course she is. Yeah. Cause she's just like everywhere. Uh, I also liked um, that um, she says that students very rarely come in here to read. It's normally to make out. And Wednesday's like, yes, I came across two vampires having sex. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's so disturbing. It's like, yeah, that's probably what a boarding school would use <laughs> yeah, the gross. library for. Yeah. yeah um, so but Miss Thornhill say- helps her. Yes, basically. she does. Uh, she says the symbols from the Nightshades, which was a disbanded secret society. Mm. Which, sure, of course, there's going to be secret societies on the secret. Oh yeah, campus. totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, we learn that Thornhill's like the only normally on staff, so she doesn't actually like fit in with anyone. Yes. No. Um, which I feel very sorry for her. Yeah. Yeah. But um, hey, she's trying. Because I have a bit of a soft spot for Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci. Um. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's trying. Rishi, yeah. what? Yep, that one. Rishi. <laughs> um, you know what? When we get her on the episode so, on your podcast, we'll ask her. <laughs> Great, we'll get her to clarify. Love. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have a bit of a soft spot for her, um, and so yeah, so I was, I felt very. I mean, I'm meant to feel sorry for her, right? She's meant to be a, an ally and a. Yeah, she's meant to be like the, the one that doesn't fit in. Like, well, I mean, she's meant to be Wednesday older. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Funny about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I, just um, going back to the last episode, I did discover that um, the name of the guy that played Gomez. Uh, oh I yes. Knew was, I knew it was an Aston, and it's John Aston, uh, not Sean Aston. But he's actually oh, Sean yeah, Aston's stepdad. Oh yeah, because he's Sean Aston. That's right. Yeah. Oh. He's, oh, that's yeah. kind of cool. Uh, so there is that connection, and he is also the only member of hmm. the original Adams family cast who is still alive. Oh, okay. Which is sad. Thanks. Okay, it's kind of sad, but it's also kind of very Adamsy. Well, I suppose. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so Wednesday's broken into Xavier's room. Of course. Uh, and kind of wanders through uh, while Xavier has a shower, and she also gets a black. <laughs> I light. mean, so stupid, right? Why is that not like you don't know how long people shower for? Like, he could be out in two minutes. Possibly. I mean, she knows he went running. Just, well, it just seems really risky. Yeah. I mean, it does also seem I like she know. was there already. 
because we see him returning to the oh, door, yeah, yeah. and then like as soon as the shower Actually, door closes, right. so it's possible that she was like already in there snooping around before that. Yeah, no, you're you're right. Yeah, it's probably that. Yeah, yeah. Wednesday wouldn't be that dumb. Um, so she finds the sketches of herself creepy, and also <laughs> gets out a black light, and I'm just like, that's that's not a oh, good idea, no. Wednesday. That's a very <laughs> bad idea. This is a boys' dorm. Just mm, just be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, but that helps her find this mask underneath the bed where there's like floorboards missing. And then she has to hide under Xavier's bed when Bianca comes in. And we get like Mm. some stuff about how Bianca's like, aha, I'm just, I like that Bianca's feud with Enid is actually, or Enid's feud with Bianca is actually double-sided. It's not, it's like reciprocated. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, it's really to get it Wednesday, but it's also like, I want to make her werewolf roomie cry. It's like, what the hell? Why do yeah, you hate Yeah, I know. Enid? It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Who hates Enid? Jesus. Someone is not a dog person, it seems. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about Bianca in this scene? Um, I feel... I, I mean, it's not like such a sap this episode. I feel, I feel bad for her. I feel I like I feel bad for everyone. Um, I really want yeah, to like Bianca just, here. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel I feel sorry for her. Um, also, why is everyone into Xavier? He's yeah. just this skinny. I don't know. I'm just I'm not feeling it. I mean, have a look at some. I of don't the know other why Bianca, sure. the queen that she is, is going after this this mopey. I don't know. Boring. I wonder whether he was as mopey before the breakup. No, maybe. I mean, who knows? Well, because she talks about, like, he's, like, all freaked out. And she's, like, well, not freaked out, but angry at her. And she very specific, like, he gets the feeling that she was manipulating him with her siren powers. Mm. And... She's like, but I can't because of the necklace. And I feel that they got along really well and he was not mopey until suddenly there was a betrayal for him. And now he just doesn't trust anyone and he's shitty at everyone and just angry. Yeah, maybe. Mm, yeah, it could be. Because he just, he just has could an be. attitude at everyone now. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's my reading bitch. of it. Yeah, like Bianca's not um, nice. Yeah, but, but no, I... No, no, but I did feel, yeah, I did feel sorry for her in this scene. Um, yeah. It just, there's that moment where she shows up just to like in regular clothes and you're standing at the door and she's just like talking to him, like 17 year old girl talking to a boy she likes. That's what Bianca yeah. is in this moment. Yeah. And she likes winning and it's like, yeah, why wouldn't you like winning? And she's good at it. So why would she not try as much as she can? Yeah. Yeah. I feel that definitely. Bianca spinoff, Bianca spinoff. <laughs> uh, but I like that they've got just history Like it's both good and yeah. bad history Yeah, yeah, that's true But they're also kind of close enough That they can like hold hands and talk And not have it like be a full on fight Yeah Yeah, they're and still semi sort of friends Yeah It's like in this Would you make her an NPC? I mean, I know we were not to that point yet but is this something that you'd be, which of these would be the, the game master character in the scene that you, you'd want to role play out? 
Um, I feel like I would actually want to play Bianca. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, I would love to play that, you know, that really fiercely competitive, driven, um, you know, stop at nothing. I don't care who I, like, who I run over <laughs> to get yeah. to my, what I want. Um, I feel like that that would be, yeah. But again, I feel like you're skipping forward. Maybe I wanted to say her later. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I just really thought, because this is a scene where it's so very much, we see kind of both sides of the characters. Mm. But because I think because Xavier is very shut down. It's like, I don't think that's more of a, a, a PC trait. Like Bianca coming forward constantly is, is a PC thing. Whereas yeah. backing off is more of an NPC thing. Because you're yeah, kind of playing off that. them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, so then we get on to my absolute favorite thing in this entire episode. Um, mm-hmm. Wednesday returning to the dorm and Enid just freaking out in tears, <laughs> absolute tears, because Yoko, one of the vampires, had an allergic garlic reaction at dinner. <laughs> She's um, ridiculous. And it turns out um, it was Bianca. She somehow spiked the food. <laughs> So Wednesday decides to join the Poe Cup as a replacement so she can destroy Bianca. And I just love that Ina's like, yeah, but mostly you're doing it because we're friends, right? Yoko is in the infirmary. What happened? Garlic bread incident at dinner. She had a major allergic reaction, which means she's out of the Poe Cup and I don't have a co-pilot. It wasn't an accident. Bianca's behind it. How do you know? Doesn't matter. You and I are going to take her down tomorrow. Wait, you're joining the Black Cats? Are you willing to do that for me? I want to humiliate Bianca so badly that the bitter taste of defeat burns in her throat. Yeah, but mostly you're doing it because we're friends, right? I know. Oh, bless her. She's so cute. I love her so much. Yeah. She's just adorable. I think she tries to hug Wednesday again here. Possibly, yeah. And Wednesday's literally like, nope. Nope, nope, not there I yet. Will not, not there I yet. will not be touched. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, because there was that moment. Like, because Wednesday was hiding under the bed the whole time of, um, of Bianca yes. and, and Xavier's conversation. So she heard everything. And also that she, the Bianca thinks that Wednesday just is, thinks she's better than everyone else. And so that's, mm. that's an interesting, ta- that does kind of track with how you'd respond to a girl like Wednesday in real life. Yeah, yeah. Like the the resting bitch face is is strong with Wednesday, and when she's actually <laughs> that sure good is. at things, it comes off as challenging to some people. Yeah, for sure, and and it does come off as as why would I even bother to to think about you or to you know to even look your way? Like I am, you know, it definitely comes off as the I'm I'm, I'm elite. Better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now we get the the poke up in total, which is a canoe race and then a foot race uh, with flags and no other rules, apparently. But costumes, there are costumes. Well, I, we like the costumes. We adore the costumes because, <laughs> like I said earlier, um, Jenna Ortega in a Catwoman costume, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Emma Myers in the most adorable costume ever with the little whiskers. <laughs> yeah, she looks really cute. So cute. Oh, just mm. a, ridiculously adorable. Uh, and... <laughs> We get to see, like, everyone's other plans for, for winning, like the anti-rules rules. It's like, 
because each of the boats is like based on a different Edgar Allan Poe play or mm, play mm-hmm. story. It's like, so the black cat, that's fine. The, um, the pit and the pendulum, they just attack them with a giant ax. <laughs> like, I feel that's, that's probably like lethal. Yeah. <laughs> but I do feel like, because there are no rules, everyone's expecting like, you know, everyone to bring out the big guns, which means even though a giant axe normally would probably be lethal because it's everyone's sort of expecting it. I don't know. Like, I, I, yeah. Yeah, and it's not exactly subtle. It's like there's two massive axes on the side of the boat which yeah. very slowly <laughs> yeah. raise up and then just slice across <laughs> yeah. next to you. Yeah. It's like yeah, everyone true. sees it coming. Yeah. But I guess it's not so much to, like, hurt them. It's to delay you and stop you rowing. Like, because yes. they've got a duck. Or did it destroy the boat at all? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because everyone else seems to be just destroying boats. It's like the sirens have got, or Bianca's got a siren in the water, the boy siren, who mm. seems to be the stupidest person imaginable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really does. Um, who destroys their boat. And then I think, who is it, the Jesters? I can't, I don't know the the um, the story they're based on, but the one that Xavier and and Ajax are in. I mean, I don't really know. Any of the no, Ed Gallon Poe sort of stories. I know, the pit, I know the pit and the pendulum, and I know the Telltale Heart, and that's kind of it. And and um, the Raven, and that's really all of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so they make it to the island, and Enid gets to slash the boat because Enid's amazing. Uh, I mean, look, she is amazing, and that was yes. great. But yes. like, it was almost like, oh look what I can do. But it's like, yeah, why have you never done that before? Like, because she doesn't thought of it before. No, I, I don't know. I was a bit like, uh, like sort of like you're an idiot for never having thought of this before. That being said, I'm very, very competitive. <laughs> well, I'm also thinking because she didn't have the opportunity before. Like she uses thing to distract the guards. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, yeah, yeah, she had some extra things to help her out this time. Yeah. It's like, I think if you have someone from another team going, hey, follow me into the woods, you're like, hmm, yes, it is Enid, but probably no, I'm not going to do that <laughs> because it's probably a trap. Whereas if some yeah. random hand attacks you at Nevermore, you probably chase after it <laughs> because what yeah, the fuck? Yeah. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah, that's uh, true. And anyway, Thing managed to net the boy siren with their um with their thing so anyway he's out of the picture for a while uh wednesday gets a vision of some creepy girl that looks like her yes yeah kind of cool though it's like a blonde wednesday yeah and yeah as they they make their way back but bianca's ahead now because because wednesday had the vision which is kind of annoying (laughs) uh and the boys are sabotaged though so they sink um, but Wednesday's got like spikes that come out of the boat and just drive yeah. into the other one. Yeah. I know, which is like, when did you have time to organize this? Yeah, I think And like re engineer the whole boat. Yeah, Thing was doing yeah, a lot of work last night. Yes, I feel like Thing's very underrated. Thing saves the day. Like, if this isn't Wednesday's victory, it's Thing's victory. Yeah, totally. Like, the show should be called Thing. Thing's the one that sets off the net. 
um, and hits the the boy siren. Then things yeah. the one that distracts the guards. Distracts the guards. Yep. Things the one that saves him when the boy siren comes back and he punches him in the face. Mm. It's like thing does everything for them. Without thing, <laughs> yeah. I think the Adams would be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but that doesn't mean that our favorite kitty cats get to win. Hooray! Yay! Um, this whole award ceremony felt just so. This is where I've got the notes. Ten points to Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah. Like, all of this felt like the um the thing, like just the 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 house cup. Yes, everyone, hooray! Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just cheering, and everyone in their scarves and school uniforms, and what it's like. <laughs> yes, of course, sure, yeah. all right. And then also Wednesday's just kind of like standing there being like, oh, okay, are we done? Yeah. But that has to run away. And I like that. It's just that overwhelming, that introversion of not, not too many people, too many people. I got, I got, yeah, yeah. Don't want attention. Yeah. Yeah. And before we get into the rest of it, like the last couple of scenes, how do you feel about like competitions like this in role playing games? Like as a competitive person? Would you want um, to? I love them. I want them, and I wish our. I wish Ben did them all. <laughs> um, what was it with well, our, with our been... Hispania? We've we had like a little adventure where we got to level five, but we were supposed to be going to this big carnival festival thing. And at the end, we we're all like, "Where do we get into the festival? We want to go to the <laughs> festival and have games." Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I feel like if you know, if we rolled into a town somewhere, and you know, they were in the middle of, of a big festival or carnival or whatever. And, you know, and there were different teams and, you know, maybe we had to try out for, to join mm. different, te- I don't know. Like I would get right into it. Cause I, yeah, I'm so competitive. Um, so yeah. I would, yeah, I would love it. Um, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe we're hired to, to represent some baron, some rich baron who sucks at everything and wants to make friends. And so he wants yes. his team to be the best. And um just a whole bunch like you're the you're sponsored by some sort of noble who's like yeah. entering into a competition yeah that'd be awesome um yeah no so i would definitely i would fully support it uh to happen in our games um yeah i would love it i would i that'd be so much fun i think if i run a mm. monster hearts game and hopefully i will it'd be something like this yeah where it's like you're you're doing the sports carnivals or like your different houses or different dormitories and it's the quidditch mm-hmm. cup it's the same yeah, thing as like yeah. Harry Potter. It's like there is some sort of non-lethal rivalry that you get to to take part in and just have shenanigans and and competition and it doesn't really matter but it's also you get bragging rights at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And and like as we're describing it now, I guess I'm sort of understanding why it doesn't happen very often in Ben's games um because that's way too much fun for him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's not not anywhere near serious and and gloomy enough. Um, it's not grim dark. Yeah, not grim dark. So I feel that every player really loves this kind of stuff. And whether it's like carnivals, whether it's like like sports, mm. just mm. having something. I'm thinking Dungeons and Drongos years ago did like a a football one. Okay, like it's where the the players got a football team and they had to like recruit one more player and. Um, I, you had a goblin circus for my players one time where they, the goblins had kidnapped an actual circus and would like say, Hey, you got to train us. But the goblins had been <laughs> down underground a little bit too long and like fey magic had twisted their minds. Oh, so Jesus. they weren't quite sure about safety occupations. So they had the duck shoot where it was just a goblin running backwards and forwards and they gave them a live crossbow. 
And just like, if you hit the <laughs> goblin, you get a prize. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. And if you hit the goblin, the goblin's dead. It's like they have to grab another one from the crowd to come out. <laughs> yeah. And like the clown yeah, show, good. everyone's got knives. So it's like, hey, you throw a water balloon, but it's actually acid. And it's this kind of thing. And it was ridiculous. The players had the best time. Yeah, like, it sounds so fun. Enough that they were like, let's go back to the Goblin Circus again. Give us another one. I'm like, I, I used all my good ideas already. <laughs> Sorry, we can't. It's closed for maintenance. <laughs> yeah. What is it? The dunk tank where you throw mm. the ball? Yeah, you yeah. have that, but it's a pool of like a, a gelatinous cube or something. <laughs> you just drop <laughs> God, a goblin yeah. in there. Yeah. Love um, it. Okay. So going back to the House Cup, um, Weems points out the last time Ophelia Hall won, um, Morticia was captain. So there's the the note mm. back to to the rest of the family and mm-hmm. um wednesday as she runs away also spots the nightshade symbol on the book that the statue of pose carrying yes uh yeah which oh that's a that's a clue it's a clue wednesday <laughs> yeah yeah quick um and i and mean she solves it pretty quickly i feel this is I, I think I messaged you about this where I said this is the where the Wednesday Enid shipping starts. Mm-hmm. And it's that moment where she has to get away and the person that comes and finds her and brings her back is Enid. Mm. And just very gently, like, hey, this is your moment and just dr- draws her back into the world. Mm. Like any any character could have been that person. Yeah. But they chose it to be Enid. Yeah, that's true. And to, and yeah. then that when Enid's like, hey, everyone's going to come and hang out. You should join us. And Wednesday's like, not yet. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. There's a lot of those moments this episode where it's like, you know what? Maybe, but yeah, yeah I can't, can't quite do it yet. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that where they have like that shared slight friendship. Like she's, she would have been doing that for Enid. She would not have been doing that because she enjoys it. Oh, totally. And I just, I just want them to hug and be friendly and, and love each other. <laughs> well, maybe one day, maybe. Maybe one day, maybe next maybe season. Maybe next season. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in the middle of the night, Wednesday goes to the statue and finds the riddle on the book. That's actually a riddle within a riddle. And then it's got like stuff else going on. <laughs> Um, yep yep but great, it means, great description it does it's like seven I couldn't understand any of it I don't know how she got it yeah I don't know which is just brilliant I suppose um, but yeah it culminates I suppose in spelling out um, the words um, snap twice yeah um, which again kind of weird I guess I don't know whether it's is it Australian thing or is it a me thing I, I think of it as click do we, we call that click yeah. Like you click I, your fingers. I don't say I snap my fingers. I've heard snap fingers. Yeah, okay. Um, click fingers. I think it's both. I don't think either one works. Yeah, okay. Um, but anyway, snap twice, which she does, which obviously is like a, a callback to yeah. um, the theme song, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I, when I first saw it, I was like, mm, really? No, I liked it. <laughs> yeah. I like I, it. I will say soon after, like I was binge watching these. So something in the next mm. episode made me go, all right, that's okay then. But at the <laughs> yeah, time okay. I was like, oh yeah, of course it's the click from the, 
yeah. from the theme song. It's like, all right, yep, all right, great. I get it now. They're also spooky and kooky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that brings her down into the Nightshade Lair, where mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of library libraries, a whole bunch of books, which I like. Secret passages and riddles. They're fun. Mm, definitely. Um, I They're difficult to pull off. I feel that people either love riddles or they hate them. I feel like it's because you need to find the right balance, you know? Like, yeah. you don't want it to be too easy that literally your players solve it in two seconds flat, but you also don't want it to be so hard that it just frustrates the hell out of everyone at the table to the point where they're like, we don't fucking know, like, just fucking tell us. <laughs> you mean, know what I mean? So I, we, I feel like that's why it's tricky because you need to find that balance. We recently had a riddle that was very much like that with the hidden message. No, in the, but I in loved it. And I don't think it was too hard. Like, like we were, I feel like we were a little frustrated, but I don't think it was enough to, to stop us and make us just give up and say, you know what, just tell us. Like, I feel like we were, we were getting progress slowly, but yeah. it was just enough that we were like, oh, okay, we'll keep working on it. We'll keep working on it. No, I loved it. It was so fun. I think we, we were getting frustrated because there was a clue missing. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. That's right. So we like yeah, came up with these like, telling out this, and I'm like, no, this isn't right. And then, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I meant to do that one too. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, great. Good uh, times. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah. I feel riddles like that are probably the best ones where everyone can work on them together. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Whereas something like um, the one in this this episode, where it's like mm-hmm. eight different lines, which then create another riddle, which then create a um like an acrostic poem for her to figure out Mm. i love as a concept and i just feel would not work at all Mm. um for for a role-playing game i mean i guess when you've got like six things to figure out and you've got six minds working on it they're more likely to come up with it oh maybe or is it like too many cooks in the kitchen like you could all get sent down bloody different you know the wrong rabbit hole because there's too many minds that are just misinterpreting things and being like, oh, maybe this and maybe this. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's, yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess it's kind of added levels of complexity. Like, having the, the six riddle. Well, how many riddles is it? Like, how many letters are there in the stack oh, twice? I don't even know. Anyway, a lot. Nine. Let's sure. <laughs> say nine. Uh, yep. There's nine riddles, and the nine riddles are easy, but what they give you doesn't help at all. Like you need to have them arranged in that order so you can see yes. it says snap twice. Yeah. And the fact that she, yeah, like she wrote them down. So then she had it in front of her. Um, like, and she wrote them down in that, that correct sort of order of going yeah. down. So um, something like if you have easy riddles, but then have another riddle that tells you what order you need to see them in. Mm, mm. And that one's a little bit harder. And like, if you've got all the riddles, you can kind of get in anyway. But if you mm. figure out the harder one, you get something, you get a bonus. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like, um, I've basically stolen a few logic problems from, from various places, but I like to do a, um, you find different clues throughout the dungeon. Oh yeah. Like the, the full clues for the thing. And then you come across the element like, Hey, this gem is supposed to go in this this house's symbol, and if you can figure out which names it goes for, it opens up the vault. Yeah, right. So, if you don't open up the vault, yeah, that's fine. 
But if you yeah, do, the game still goes on, but yeah. you but if you do, you get rewarded. Yeah, just that little bit of the video game element. It's like here, here's a secret passage that if you're smart enough, you can get into. Yeah, and yeah, and you should you should make sure you explore everywhere, kind of thing. Yeah, of course, most of my players then go cool. I cast pass through rock <laughs> and just go straight um... into the vault. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine, that works too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really annoying. You should just kill them. I do usually. I'm like, oh yeah, there's spikes. There's spike traps. You're just dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and speaking of spike traps and just dead, um, Wednesday, after she finds the the page that the 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 book that the page was ripped out of, she goes to leave and someone just shoves a bag over her head and drags her off. Yes. Yes. Interesting. And cliffhangers. Great way to end an episode or a D&D <laughs> session. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's like, as soon as you get a cliffhanger, you're like, I want to be here next week. I want to know what happens. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel that cliffhangers lose their appeal when you when things like role playing games when you're delayed or like it's a monthly session rather than a a weekly one? Like if you had a cliffhanger and then things didn't happen for whatever reason for a couple of weeks, would you still be as stoked when it came back? I mean, it's hard because I have a very bad memory. I and I'm very absent-minded. You speak so... a little Australian, though, so. I do speak a little Estoyan. Um, it's tricky. Yeah, so it's tricky because I feel like at the time of the cliffhanger occurring, I would be like, oh, that's cool. Can't wait for next session. Right. Mm. But then probably about a day later, <laughs> it's generally <laughs> mostly gone from my mind and I've sort of forgotten about it. Right. And then the, when the next session finally rolls around, I would almost be sitting there being like, you know, listening to a little recap. And I, so like the whole time period between each session, I wouldn't be super excited. I would just be like, oh yeah, cool, DD, it's coming up, whatever, because I forgot. But yeah. then during the little recap, I would then be like, oh yeah, that's right, oh. And then I would get my excitement back. So I don't know. I don't know what, what other people with better memories than me, how they would feel. Yeah, I think I'm probably the same where I remember there's a reason I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited for D&D, but I don't really remember why until I'm sitting at the table and trying to remember what happened last time. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, that thing. That's right, the thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I do like, uh, like it, it can be frustrating, but I do like, um, like I feel like it would be better if like, for example, if we were spending the whole session trying to achieve this, this one thing, right? Yeah. And we were trying and trying and, you know, whatever, where there was fights, who knows? Um, and then right when we're about to achieve it, if something then happened to cause a cliffhanger and then it was like that's where we end the session, I feel like that would really frustrate me more than if perhaps we had achieved what we'd set out to do mm. and then after that something happened right at the end and there was a cliffhanger. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel I feel like that would be a lot better because otherwise I'd feel so unfulfilled and I'd be like, oh my God, what did you just do for three or four hours or whatever? Um, and now I have to wait another week or two or however long in between. Um, so I think it depends how the cliffhanger occurs. Well, I think that's what this episode has done really well to show that it's given answers to some of the, the questions, but it's also created more questions that it's given mm. you that sense of achievement of the thing you're trying to work out through the session mm. has, has happened and then at the end it's like and tune in next week because something's going to happen like, yeah yeah 
we found out a little more about the um, about the page. We like the question about Rowan, like what's going to happen, has been answered. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's and true. Now the cliffhanger is: Oh my gosh, who's Grab Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. Like, is it because she pissed Bianca off? Is it because she invaded a secret society? Is yeah, it yeah. So just creating a question like that is much more interesting than not giving an answer to yeah. the existing question. Yeah, that's true. And I think a lot of series kind of forget that, honestly. Mm. It's like, well, I feel like Lost is the worst example where it was, hey, here's an answer to a question you weren't asking. It's like, <laughs> great. What about yeah. the smoke monster? The questions. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, so that's the episode. We got through it. Hooray. I, <laughs> I could watch it again and again and again because adorableness. Yeah, I like I liked the episode. Like I, I really enjoyed it, but I, I also felt a little bit um I felt like it, it sort of chopped and changed between yeah, Oh, I mean actually no, sorry, if I compare it to the to last week's the first episode, um it felt less horror thriller mystery yeah. and more and more like teen detective drama. Yeah. Kind of I With gothic know, like trappings, a bit, like more of a young, yeah. more of a younger show, yeah, um, family show. So, With thing giving mm, people the yeah, thing yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I did. It was a good episode. I liked it. Yeah, I think I think it was really good. It's solid enough to go. Yep, I want more. Yes, I'm definitely. Enjoy this, uh, especially so, with the cliffhanger. <laughs> yes, with the cliffhanger, and that's the benefit of um, of Netflix. You can just binge it all. Yeah. I think that, I mean, it's genius as well, because of course you will binge it all because you can. Mm. It's like, do I stop watching? No, I keep watching. The next episode is right about to start. Yeah, why? Why would I? <laughs> yeah. So there is one last thing that we do before the episode, our episode wraps up. Uh, and that is pick a character from the, the TV show we just watched to make into a player character or NPC in one of our games. And um, <laughs> I didn't actually ask you beforehand i just asked you if you had one i didn't ask you who it was so do you <laughs> still have one or has it changed <laughs> um so I, I hadn't really decided on one oh, that's um right. like i had some um candidates i suppose mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but i feel like then when we were talking uh, about when you were asking me about that specific scene with bianca it kind yeah. of then sort of solidified and made my decision for me um yeah in that I feel like I would like to play her as a, as a player character. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, just that really driven and, and focused and competitive, um, you know, character with, with one or, you know, a couple of goals that, you know, I don't really care who I step over to get to. Um, yeah. I haven't really played a character like that necessarily before. I don't think I often play characters who, I guess a, a nicer, nicer than that. <laughs> you do, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So I think it would be interesting. It would be fun to to, to have that drive. I think um, to continually sort of force, I guess, interactions to happen. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a really interesting. I feel that Bianca rarely has a moment of self doubt when dealing with other people. Yes. And that would be difficult for me to play. But would be certainly fun to play. Yes. Well. Yeah. Like just very calmly confident 
mm. about, about the persona she's putting forward. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have picked Weems. I have oh, I was, see, Weems. I was thinking about her too, yeah. Partly because shapeshifter, like mm-hmm. there is an element, but also partly because she just kind of, she has her own agenda. Like mm-hmm. the whole, hey, look, Rowan's alive is not a great plan. Um, honestly. Yeah. But she sticks to it. Yeah. And she does actually seem to be kind of helping Wednesday a lot. Like I'd make her an NPC. I would I don't think I'd make her a PC. I think PC would be a little bit too much um Yeah. Too much to, uh, for me to, to think on. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it she works well as an NPC that you know that that maybe is helping out the party but also is kind of mysterious and intriguing and there's a chance that maybe actually then you know are they an enemy um yeah. you know you're sort of like do i trust her or um yeah like that slight antagonism of saying no no you have to join a club by the end of the day the day yeah yeah and it's like you you're gonna have to do this wednesday it doesn't matter what else you do like that's the quest giver that's the the, t- the person in charge telling you this is what the adventures are going to be about. And not being able to know her motivations makes it much more of a strong NPC of, we're going to do it because it kind of matches with our goals, but we're going to be suspicious. And it's going to increase that that investment in the game to figure out who is this NPC and what are they doing? Like that mystery around them. Judging by the silence coming from Elise, I suspect my internet has dropped out, um, which is a shame because I think I made a very salient and important point. Uh, so on that note, thank you for listening. We are sponsored this week by Mel- Masters of Alchemy, the premier game mastering service in Melbourne. And trying to remember what else I say at this point. Um, a lot of other things as well. Thank you for listening, which I'm sure I already said. You can find us, if you would like to send some feedback, um, you can find us on dnd and tvpod at uh, gmail.com or on Instagram, which is also an option as well. Uh, we love feedback. It's really great. Subscribing and leaving a review on any of the where podcasts are found, podcasters, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever else is out there, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, reviews help us get out to other listeners and word of mouth does as well. So if you have some friends that really love Wednesday and really love RPGs, maybe you can shoot us shoot them a link. Uh, that we'd, we'd like that. Thank you. You're great. You're so cool. So until next time, um, be kind to yourselves. Stay safe. May all your hits be crits, and we'll see you next Wednesday. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. Always was, always will be. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.